This week on Boots and Backstraps, we've got Mitch Gordon with Mitch Gordon and the Unleaded Band talking all things from being a road musician to climbing around the mountains looking for bull elk. Brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. On his own, looking for backstraps way deep in the woods, tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Boots and Backstraps. Come on now. It's episode three. I am your host Shane Michael and I am joined as always by my co-host and country music legend Tom Cat. How are we doing TK? Doing good Shane. Good to see you man. It's good to see you too. We're uh, back in the saddle brother. We are. I'm happy. This has been a lot of fun so far. We've only done two episodes, but uh, I think we've got a good one in store for today. We do for sure. You know, the feedback has been really good from the folks that have been able to both listen on the audio platforms and also watch the videos. So that's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So that's nice. It's very encouraging. Yeah. Super encouraging. It means that we're doing something right. We are. I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off like we always do and give a little love to our team in here. We've got uh, Jill, who is actually in studio this week yeah. as our studio manager, so she's going to kind of keep the studio rolling. We've got Danny G with Danny Geo Productions, our producer on site, and then, of course, Killer Kyle, our statistician back there, and he will be piping in from time to time as well. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, typically, we do this on Saturday, but here we are on a Tuesday night. Yeah, and, a little uh, makeup film session. And. What a beautiful day. Well, that's because we got this uh, a-hole guest that, you know, he has to go out and make money on the weekends. I don't know. <laughs> a-hole? Ah, no, he's not. He's good. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but, you know, you're, you're a really good friend. And <laughs> when you listen to the intro, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the, the uh, song for Boots and Backstraps. Yep, intro and outro. Our guest here today uh, is the one singing. and uh, Singing, playing, wrote, wrote the lyrics. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's great. Well, before we get to that, though, we have a, an important thing to, to take care of here. If Jill could help us out, we got to get our whiskey. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mitch, you're good over there with the beer? For now, I guess. Okay, perfect. All right. <laughs> so we'll get the whiskey here, and then we'll... You know, I, I, I have done a fair amount of television, and it's just, this is uh, so crazy to me that we get the drink. I mean, you know... <laughs> The jobs that we had, you know, the Rowdy Cowboy Show. Paid to drink. <laughs> shush. We, we were inept if we weren't drinking. And uh, now we get to drink live on television. Yes, sir. And we're drinking the good stuff. Gentleman Jack. Gentleman this week. A little deviation from the single barrel. Yep. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you. And here's to all of you out there. It's coming up Absolutely. on St. Patrick's Day. I guess I better have a beer in a bump. I got asked three times now, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a small one, though. Yeah, let's bring, let's get Mitch a, <laughs> get Mitch a whiskey over there. Um, so speaking of, speaking of, we could just roll right into our guests. And, and, you know, like when we had Ryan in episode one, our guest that we have this week with us, TK, is a guy that covers both sides of the spectrum here. He's got the country music thing in spades, and he's got the hunting thing in spades, and 
And so we're just going to roll right in and, and keep them here for the entire episode rather than that sounds good to me. Booting them out at the halfway point. So I only just met him about a half an hour ago, and he seems like a very likable guy. And yeah. <laughs> he brought us some pickled sunfish. It's delicious. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I've never tasted any pickle fish nearly as good as that. It was a real delight. And now he's on board. He's got a little jack over there himself. And, uh, you know, he's your friend. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him? Yeah, with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from the uh, Mitch Gordon and the Unleaded Band, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mitch Gordon in studio here for Boots and Backstraps. When people go crazy when you put the hand up, like, come on, let's go. (laughs) Make the chick scream. (laughs) This is awesome. This is cool. Um, it's great to I, have you here, Mitch. I didn't expect anything like this when I walked in. I mean, I saw I, I saw the uh, episode with Ryan, and and I saw the background stuff and the pictures and such like that. And I yeah. thought it was definitely cool. But this is like, you know, this is like like stage lighting and stuff. You know? But <laughs> fancy when they say like all set here and hold it, you know, for like your kindergarten like you know picture shoots. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't gonna be confused because we don't have any lasers or smoke machines. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's okay. I didn't get enough of that. So yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's gonna be great. Um, thank you for bringing me on, and uh, man, it's it's a uh, it's cool that you know over the years and whatnot. It's like I, I meet so many people, and it's like the level we're still on. I feel like I'm this small, small product, you know, as far as that goes in 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 my music industry. And you know, met you guys and whatnot, and you meet. I mean, like you say, a lot of people that like country music like the outdoors, you know. And absolutely, when you like the outdoors, it's not like just liking the outdoors for. I like to kill deer. It's like you mainly get a lot of people that either like to butcher the deer or like to do the food plots or like to bring somebody else into the picture of mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I can't believe how many people I've, you know, gotten friends with just because of they were hunting people that, you know, I met through music and now I shoot bow with them, you know, on the week. It's a wonderful yeah. world, isn't it? It's cool. There's good people out there. Great people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like it gets in your blood, right? I know. The I outdoors mean, in general. Right. I mean, absolutely. And you can really figure out how many people that you really can call friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So and yeah. typically it's, it, they're real friends when you're uh, absolutely friends in the country music business and friends in the hunting industry, especially the hunting industry, you know, they're good friends. Right. Right. So you don't only uh, play country music. And hey, this hunt. guy, so he plays guitar and the harmonica as well. So when you hear that <laughs> harmonica in the intro for yeah. us, he did that, but you're also fish. I do. You're a fisherman. Uh, the sunfish that we just tasted is a testimony. Yes. We uh, we did well that day. <laughs> and the day after that. <laughs> what lake were you on for that catch? Um, we were on Height of the Lands Lake. Okay. Um, kind of in Park Rapids area. Sure. So probably. I, I'm, I'll always say the location. I, I'm never going to say, oh, somewhere up in Park Rapids. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I feel like you can go there the next day and they might be gone anyway, you know, kind of right. deal. But right. I always tell my, my you know people that, man, I love to hunt and I like to fish. And my dad's a total opposite way. He, you know, would rather fish than hunt. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I love them both. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's cool, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, just kind of a backstory, TK, just to remind you, now that we're down the road on this, because we've been working on this project for so long, that Mitch <laughs> agreed a, a while back to do the music for us, which is super cool. Then we also had intention to have him on as our first official guest, but his tour schedule got picked up, and he ended up having to travel. So you just got off the road, right? Got off the road, yeah, last night. Uh, we got home about 8 o'clock and uh, <laughs> left Wyoming yesterday at 3.20 in the morning and blitzed home. And um, We had a one day. We had some friends out there um, at the last stop, so we did get to hang out an extra day and just hang out. And that's when we left and 
came back and yeah was so. it full band or were you doing a stripped down deal or it was what just a solo tour okay so, i mean we go out with the full band um we go out with the full band uh, uh as much as we can but when you go that far for that long level i'm at it's just it's money wise it doesn't make sense yeah so a lot of times i'll actually uh just sleep in my van and i we take all the seats out of our 15 passenger van it's it's pretty awesome when i when i purchased the van sidetrack i never thought it could be as cool as like the van life is like when we go to hunting in colorado <laughs> we take all the seats out and put two single air mattresses in it and man it's like living large you know it's right. it's the coolest thing ever and and um but yeah we usually take the van and um but we had some hotel rooms or i always say we i, I had some hotel rooms thrown in and such and had some people out in wyoming that we stayed with and uh when i say we my wife came with me for the first time of course um, it was it was awesome <laughs> you usually, guys are newlyweds you just got i know it's great october <laughs> yes october yeah congratulations thank man. you very much yeah. and uh i usually always go by myself and just do my thing and but uh, yeah, she wanted to come with, and I said that's great. So it's fun. It's like a cool. little little vacation for both of us, but work, you know. I'm dying to ask you. I love the state of Wyoming. Yeah. My wife and I actually are still talking about possibly moving there someday. I have family in Wyoming, and I love just being in Wyoming, especially hunting, whether it be antelope or elk. Tell me some of the towns you were at, Mitch. Well, we basically played in uh, Dubois, Wyoming. Dubois. Um, yep, and yep. we played. I played on the in town the first night, and then Saturday night I went up in Union Pass and played at uh, the Line Shack Lodge. So, Boys is a unique little town, about halfway between Jackson Hole and Lander. That's where my nephew lives. He's Lander. got a Ram McNally in his head. That's awesome. You're, you're gonna figure this out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, the Boys is a pretty cool area. It's awesome, and yeah. I've I've been out there. I don't know three four times now over the last I mean, only a year I should say. It's because we have friends out there and. I fall in love with it too. It seems like, you know, you got your outdoor town, you know, in uh -huh. town, but once yep. you go on the mountain, it's like, it's a totally different thing. You know, you say, oh, you play two nights in Dubois, Wyoming, but it's 30 minutes away, yeah. the, the mountain compared to town. Right, right. So, um, I, I love it out there too. And I was, uh, meeting a guy to pick up, um, uh, something from a guy that morning and I saw the whole held herd of elk, you know, 150 of them. Huh. you know down below and they're all there running i'm like man this is so cool and you're like it's not season uh, no man it just i don't know it's just cool and i, I mean, don't have a license yeah <laughs> waiting for that in the mail this year but uh, we'll see yeah right <laughs> so did you by any chance go through kc wyoming no i i don't think so unless, you know unless i was sleeping <laughs> famously from kc wyoming uh -uh. and the western underground yeah chris ledoux yeah oh, chris ledoux yeah. my idol love chris ledoux the Cowboy of Cowboys, as Garth Brooks would say. Yeah, that's right. I was listening to Chris Ledoux today. Yeah, there you go. Chris Ledoux is from KC, Wyoming. Just a teeny little town. Yeah. You talk about performers, boy, that guy. Oh, man. Lighting up the I'm stage. So blessed to have, uh, we had him twice at the WeFest. Okay. And, uh, Did he bring his bull with him? Not the first time. You know, it's kind of a neat story. The first time. Yeah, let's hear it. First time he was uh, sick. He, as you may or may not know, had a liver issue, and he was a little, he was actually. <laughs> I think a, a lot of us have a liver <laughs> issue. <laughs> he was a little bit jauntous. Uh, you know, he was looking for a liver transplant. Yeah. At the time, uh, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I heard from more than one people that he was waiting for the liver or the organ that Walter Payton got. Oh, okay. Or vice versa. Uh, maybe he got the organ that Walter Payton, because Walter Payton died. 
but uh, and so did Chris Ledoux. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, he felt, and it was a great show, but he didn't do the bull and he didn't do some of the stuff that he always does. So he said to us, you know, I'm, I'd like to come back next year and after I'm done with my transplant and really do my big show. And so we said, yeah. And so we had him back, and he'd come out on the ball and <laughs> did the whole deal, and it was so cool. What a great guy. Well, the world misses him, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the country sure. music community. I think, you know, people ask me, what's your all-time favorite song? Well, you know, a lot of George Strait songs and uh, certainly, uh, well, a lot of great country. But my, I think my all-time favorite song is uh, Chris Ledoux. Tougher than the rest. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, man. Love that song. Yeah. That's a good one. Song that Bruce Springsteen wrote, wrote for him. It's crazy how it trickles down. Yeah. Or trickles over or left or right or, you know. It, if you look at some down. of that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, to see who's getting writing credit on those. It's crazy. It yeah. is. Mm, People you crazy. never expect. Yeah. So tell us more about Wyoming. Well. Yeah, how'd the shows go? Well, this trip, man, it was it was incredible. I mean, uh well, just a singer from Wyoming. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on the thought I had. Um, we were out there on New Year's playing a show uh, with the full band, and our trailer breaks were giving me um, heck because I just redid the whole trailer because they needed it, you know. Yeah. And uh, got to uh, got, drove through the snowstorm with our one wheel drive van. It was great. Um, <laughs> made it the whole way. Nobody else really wanted to drive, and I didn't really trust anybody else driving, so I made it. But anyway, we stopped at this gas station in somewhere in, in Wyoming, uh, right across the border, kind of deal on the eastern side, and. I was checking the brakes, and sure as heck, I pulled the wiring, and, and one was a couple were loose, you know, so I'm fixing it. And all of a sudden, this guy walks over, and and uh, it's me and my wife holding the thing. It's colder than H-E double hockey stick outside, you know, and he goes, uh, hey, do you need any help? And I'm going to look at him, or I go, I said, Chancey Williams? He goes, yeah, man. I said, oh, I, I, I know who you are, you know, <laughs> country music guy out here. He goes, yeah. I said, I'm at your Oh, man, saw a band chiller. I thought I'd walk over and see if anybody needed help. I'm like, What's the chances of like me, Pretty knowing, remote. me knowing these guys out here that, you know, that are obviously a bigger than a dealer than we are, but it's like, it's so cool. Like, Hey, just help that me is out. Cool. It's you great. Know? It was an awesome thing. So anyway, um, yeah, these shout out to him for helping you with the hoop. Yeah. Right? I don't even know him, man. I sent him an Instagram message and he replied. So that's pretty cool. But <laughs> most folks out in Wyoming, they live by the cowboy rule. Yeah. And uh, do you know that by heart? I don't have the code memorized, but remember we used to have the poster. Yep. We'd hang it up at the shows. Yep, yep, the cowboy code. I think I said the cowboy rule, but the cowboy code, they truly live that. People in Montana, unless they're implants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, migrants. Transplants. Yeah. <laughs> People in Wyoming, you just absolutely have to love them. Wonderful, down-to-earth, salt-of-the-world. Yeah. Salt-of-the-earth people. So there's a funny story about Mitch's van, and I don't know if you remember this, but Mitch is playing this show at uh, Route 47, I think it was. And he's okay. he's doing a split show with Papa Bear Norton. Oh, yeah. And Papa's giving him a hard time about his tour schedule or whatever. And he was like, you just watch, man. I'm going to get me a van. And I'm going to hit the road. And I'm just going to do the thing. And here he is now. He's yeah. got his van. I got my van. <laughs> and he's touring, yeah. Those vans are great for hunting, aren't they? Except the one-wheel drive thing, yes. Well, I got it before you leave. I got to show you my van. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you I have, have it in a the safari? I have a, uh, yeah, it's a Chevy Ex uh, Express. Yeah, me All too. wheel drive. See, you got the 12 passenger one, though. I got the bus. How many passenger? 15. Uh, mine doesn't have any seats in the back. Oh, Dog kennels, 
dead animals. It's perfect for murdering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I, can throw, I throw a bed back in there and a, it is a great heater. Though. Yeah, and that all-wheel drive on—they don't make those things anymore. And it That's really what? bums me off. Yeah, it's bummer because I've had that thing through swamps. I've had it up every mountain I've hunted, and it's got plenty of good clearance. And I just love hunting out of a van. Everything stays dry. Yep. You throw your bedroll back there and just crash out. The the first time I saw that van, TK, and I don't remember what club it was you were playing, or anyways, he he comes out of this van and I he opened up the back to put something in it. And you could see it was emptied out for the most part, except it had this little love seat in there. First thing I thought of was Silence of the Lambs. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to survive this night. Uh, we had some friends in Wyoming, um, uh, friends of friends, I should say. I met them for the first time. And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, that's my friend's uh, um, um, not ambulance out there. Oh, I'm sure. like, ambulance? And I'm thinking, okay, it's this ratted out ambulance that's, right. you know, resurrected Junkin, yeah resurrected <laughs> no it was like a 2009 uh diesel and he put like m- like real aggressive tires on it stripped all the lettering on it and stripped out the inside and put two beds in there and i'm like man so i text the band as soon as i saw it i'm like dudes i sold the van i'm buying this ambulance and we're gonna <laughs> like and it's got four-wheel drive like dually and, then, and both two two guys are like are you serious is this a serious thing this is awesome i was like I wish it was serious. Yeah. <laughs> Write the check. Yeah. Take no. a check. <laughs> yeah. But no, the shows were great, man. And we stopped in uh, Del Rapids, South Dakota, um, Custer, South Dakota, and then the two nights in, um, in Wyoming. And uh, every show is so different, um, no matter yeah. where you're playing. And I, I mean, if you know me, I, I, I try to analyze the situation probably way too much. I've always said that throughout my career. But you – you got a different crowd every night, no matter a different setting or how the stage is set up, or if you're in the corner, or if you're sitting on the bar, whatever the situation is, my job is to grab them people and listen to my songs. Like right. I, I know I can't play 30 of my own songs all night long. It's just, it, it and if people don't know them a hundred percent of the time, they're going to get bored. I wouldn't get bored if I know some singer songwriter and listen to him for 30 songs. I mean, unless he was amazing you know kind of or, yeah. or, or, or really every song caught my eye you know oh here but, you go mitch here's a photo of your uh, album cover yeah that was uh that was a promo shoot with my buddy andrew chuba yeah andrew chuba's a huge, huge hunter too but we won't get him wrapped into this so <laughs> yeah so this anyway, is your episode man yeah that whatever <laughs> but anyway um yeah so every show was it was totally different and it was great uh crowd and participation and um I can say the tips are really good that for some reason. People must have liked me last weekend, but uh, tip, tip jars have been, been really good since we've got to play music again, so that's pretty that, cool. But that is awesome. I don't know. That, that's just my job. I, I, love to, I love to entertain people and get the people to believe in my music because you write these songs, and you spend all this time writing these songs. I mean, <laughs> just writing the intro. Look at how many times we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until we finally agreed or you agreed on the lyrics and the melody, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was great. Well, we had to tweak the lyrics a little bit, but you're being hard on yourself, man. The music was awesome right out of the box. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, it's just, I had a great time and the travel was good. And at first time traveling without a trailer in a long time, and that was really nice too, but I don't want to get used to that. So, so what was, I know we know South Dakota has been basically open the whole time. Yeah. No mask, all that stuff. Yeah. What's the deal with Wyoming? Um, but the same thing. I mean, you're going to go into any big city as, as far as I've been traveling, as far as that goes. And, uh, and I mean, you go to Sioux Falls, you go to, you know, Rapid City, you still see the signs and everything like that. I mean, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Nobody pays any attention to him. <laughs> yeah, no, you nobody know, pays attention. I mean, I, I would say it doesn't live where I was at in Wyoming for sure. Um, I personally haven't worn a mask uh, since, uh, well, hardly at all, to be honest with you. I just, it's my belief, and that's it's it's yeah. done way too much for my career, um, which hurts pretty hard. When I mean, I went through a lot of uh, not to talk about that, but I went through. I mean, it's just mental game as much as your salary. Um, yeah, it is. And what you do is for somebody to say that you know you can physically not do what you've been doing your whole career for the last 12 years and knock you down. That, that hurts pretty bad, but um, that's another conversation. I don't know if we should touch on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's pretty lax out there, obviously. And, and uh, absolutely so. Wyoming and uh, South Dakota both have governors that, uh, yeah, let's, we promise not to get into politics, <laughs> but uh, no, we can what's talk so about funny it. story about South Dakota specifically. Yeah. This last uh, spring, August, Okay. Last August, you and I went out there to chase antelope in oh, yeah. northwest South Dakota. Yep, yep. And we stopped off to hit the subway or whatever and get a sandwich mm. for a minute. And I just, you know, I'm coming from Minnesota, and I'm, you know, all right, could grab my stupid face diaper. So I'm getting out of the truck, and I got the mask, and he looks at me, and he goes, you put that thing back on the truck. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, I, I can tell you exactly what I think, but I don't know if it's, it's worth even <laughs> saying about it, but. That, that was my biggest thing. It just, it just hurt that it took my career. It certainly and, did. You know, and that, that was, that was hard for me. And I realized I could, uh, I found work really fast. So if I was to stop both my jobs or got fired from whatever I was doing, I could find work. So <laughs> yeah. it's not work I really wanted to do, but, uh, I made it work. So yeah. Anybody in the entertainment business, boy, they sure are struggling through all of this. Right. Well, let's jump into the way back machine, man. Cause I'm curious if you could just get into like the Mitch Gordon origin story. Oh, How did you get into music and you know, what, who were some of your early influences? Yeah. Like this is what people are going to be curious about. Yeah. Um, man, my, my dad and, and my brother, um, well, we're a musical family. I should say, um, a couple more than normal. Like my dad still plays today and my brother, he was a, one of my brother, Ben, uh, he was really big into it too. Um, my other brother plays drums and my other, um, sister, I just talked to her on the phone a little bit ago and she was teaching a piano lesson at night. Um, so um yeah, mom, music mom, in the blood man yeah it's uh it's been kind of crazy and uh actually my wife asked me the other day she goes your mom told me she played bass i was like <laughs> yeah so she did and she's like i no way no <laughs> way like my mom is like the sweetest like we'll make the best zucchini bread and cookies and you know be the sweetest person you know kind of deal but she never expected playing bass guitar so um but yeah my dad still plays today um he plays like uh senior dances and like, you know, um, anniversary parties. So he's and, gigging. Yeah. He's got a one man band concertina. Good. For, whoa. Yeah, wow. He loves it. Um, a lot of people think of like polkas and waltzes and stuff when they comes to that, but he plays a lot of old time country music. Um, he's always writing music. Um, I mean, cause he's retired and he has time, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, my, my brother Ben was probably the main influence. Um, he always was in bands and, I thought it was just the coolest thing, you know. How so much when, older is he? Uh, well, I was I was the little bit of the uh, surprise in the family. Um, <laughs> my next brother's ten years older than me, and then okay. I think my brother Ben is. I think he's two or three old, years older than him, so probably fourteen years older. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, he would always be playing, and and when I got older, I would I'd always want to go, you know, and that was my biggest thing. Like, 
I use like the Eli Young band, keep on dreaming if it even breaks your heart. Cause like you'd go up to the bar, the show or whatever, and they won't let you in cause you couldn't get in cause you weren't old enough, you know? So you'd stand outside or you'd stand outside the gate and listen from a ways away. And yeah. eventually my brother would, you know, my, my mom and dad would call my brother and bug my brother. And then my brother would sneak me in the back door, you know, and I'd have to sit somewhere by the stage, you know, kind of thing. And then, then I got promoted to the light guy. Yes. Then, yeah. <laughs> by the sound guy. And, uh, my buddy Josh ran sound for them guys the most of the time. And, uh, I got, uh, taught who, you know, what white pants were and, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the visions from the soundboard. That was uh, a lot of experience for a 14 year old kid, but it was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was like kind of the biggest thing. My brother, uh, when I was staying at his house, um, one weekend when my parents were gone, he's like, Hey, you want a man, you want to learn how to play guitar? And I said, well, yeah. He's like, well, you should watch this video. And then he, he bought me a book and I kind of started teaching myself how to play guitar. And, um, my dad claims that I was a really terrible singer, um, for a lot of years. Um, like he called me tone deaf, like not to my face, but he showed, he told that story at, uh, my CD release party one night. He's like, I got to tell this, uh, me and mom were sitting in there and we got, we got to tell him he can't sing anymore. It's so bad, uh, you know, but, uh, I don't know. must've got better, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, you're doing good now, man. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, um, uh, you know, my, my folks helped me, you know, obviously kind of put my feet on the ground right away. I mean, I think they got me one or two gigs and then like they just backed away and let me do my thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think gave a, you like, like your space for creative freedom. And yeah. All I mean, we had a band when I was 16 years old. I mean, kind of to fast forward, I guess a little bit. I mean, back in the early days, I would, I would sit on my dad's suit or his, um, concertina case and saying little bitty and hey good looking i was five or six and i just kept doing that at all my dad's gigs you know and it was awesome all the old ladies would give me kisses after it was awesome <laughs> but yes look at this yeah um but yeah i mean so little, I mean, like that, little elvis <laughs> that was the thing i just like i i always thought it was cool my dad's played in bands you know and um i would even help you know when i was younger i'd help him they had a 1986 custom deluxe uh pickup truck that my dad held uh, beer in because he owned a liquor store at the time and uh, he had a custom cab that he built for it and uh, they would load their gear in there Friday night and they'd bring it up to the Legion of the VFW or wherever they're playing and then they would they would leave it there overnight they would never pack up that night oh yeah and then we get go <laughs> I got to jump in the truck the next day and we'd go wherever they're playing and we'd pack it all up and um, why was that uh, <laughs> well like we don't know yeah I don't I mean to be honest with you, I don't think that was the main situation. I just think that's what that's that they kind of did that back oh. then. Um, I'm sure there was nights, yeah, of course they did. I remember dad, my dad telling a story about him and a, him and his uh, one of his cousins. And one night they showed up and they were all hungover and whatnot. My dad just like yelled at the I got to wrap cords know? now. <laughs> <laughs> my head's pounding. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, that was kind of the thing. And I, I we always I had a band when I was 16, and I was just we were having fun. I mean, we were 16 year old kids making, you know, two hundred, three hundred dollars a night. I mean, as a band, you know, the yeah. whole deal. In fact our parents suburbans. Man, it's tough to stuff. survive on that, bro. And you're splitting that five ways or six ways or well, whatever. We were sixteen. We yeah, thought it was the best thing ever, you know. Sixteen old gravy. Yeah. We were yeah. playing in the we played in a few bars, um and we just had we just had a good time doing it. And like I said, my dad helped me with a, literally a couple of gigs and then he just never never said like, okay, this is your deal. Like you need to do this or don't like he just kind of shut his mouth and I started playing and then I'd say 20, 20 and of 2012, um, in 2013 is when it kind of got more of a, a career, I should say. Um, we got a call to play at the country music festival. I remember I was, 
I was in my kitchen. I was like, I was, uh, I was 20 years old, 19. I think I was 19 or maybe 18. And I got a call to, to play at the country music festival. And I thought I answered it. I was pouring myself a glass of milk and it was, uh, Judy from the country music festival. And I was like, huh? <laughs> She's like, we'd like to have a country or Wednesday country music festival. That's that. Da, da. And I'm only 20 minutes from there, you know, never been there. Um, I always heard about it. And Where was it? Not that Elk far River? from Winstead. Probably uh, Winstead. Oh, Winstead. Yep. Yeah, about thirty minutes, twenty-five minutes. And sure. I said, uh, "Yeah, I'd love to play there." You know, and um, made some changes to my, you know, to my guys and whatnot. And um, my brother Ben, actually, the guy that kind of inspired me more, he mm-hmm. wasn't playing with anybody at the time. And I called him and I said, "Hey, man," I said, "I'd like to have you play bass for me." You know, and I said, "I would love to have you in the band." You know, and he said, well, "Let's do it." And that's cool. It was it was a kind of a game changer. You know, it kind of. Me, I stepped up to the plate and played with a bunch of experienced guys that were, you know, they were career musicians. You know? So it was like a little tighter on the music? Yeah, I went from being the oldest guy in the band to the youngest guy in the band, you know? <laughs> so um, not saying anything about the go, other Mitch. guys, but yeah. Where, where's this one from? That's at, well, that's at Winstock um, 2018. Yeah. Uh, that's cool picture. After it poured rain and we were supposed <laughs> to play on the main stage and uh, they said, man... We don't have a spot for you. We got to push this and this and this back. And I said, well, I just want to play music. And they said, how about the side stage? I said, I don't care. <laughs> Those B-Tough jeans, they look like B-Tough. Heck yeah. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. Mitch, you said that your brother played in several bands. Yep. Any of them uh, of any note? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I respect all guys that play music. Sure. Uh, he played with uh, Kenny Worm in, in Silverado. He had a blues band that he played in called Smoke and Gin. Okay. That was probably one of my earliest memories of him doing the stuff. I remember um, the band Silverado. Yeah. Yep. yep. With Kenny and them guys. Yeah, he played bass for them and uh played with me. He played um he played with my my dad, you know, throughout sure. the years. Um played in a rock and roll band and um played in like a Leonard Skinner Skinner band one time and Fun. Yeah, Fun. he he kind of just he was always one of those guys that's like, "Man, I can uh, I just want to I want to do this gig cuz I want to be able to like learn this material and and be be out there but my brother man when he <laughs> we call him chubbs um chubbs? yeah chubbs. chubbs he likes cake cookies and <laughs> uh, and sweets just I like i do name. but uh he's a little bit bigger than i am you know so well he probably him. doesn't have your metabolism well anymore. right <laughs> <laughs> but man he when he played with me we would get uh in the in the van at the end of the night or we were in the suburban or truck or whatever it was and at the end of the night he'd have all these women around him and and, you know, I'd be talking to people like I'm talking to people and he'd be talking to people. That's how we get gigs and stuff, you know, and yeah. weddings and the whole deal. And one night he'd be a doctor from Tennessee. The other night he'd be a dentist from North Carolina. And he'd have these women just like and people in front of him just straight like what? Like, <laughs> you know, just he'd be giving them some line of crap because they were all, you know, loaded or whatever. Oh, like yeah. That. It was just so funny. He would get in his car and he'd giggle like a little girl <laughs> telling his story of what he was that night. Yeah. Okay. So were you nervous that first time that you went up on the big stage like that? Because Winstock's probably the biggest stage you played up until that point, right? Uh, until that point, yeah, it was in 20, 2015 or 2016. Um, I don't know. I mean, to say I wasn't nervous is uh, a lie, but I, I don't really get super nervous. Like I'm, I'm more like, okay, we got this, this, and this. I hope everything's going to work. Yeah. Like right. that's my biggest fear when you put a bunch of bands on stage and, and it ha- and I've played with a bunch of bands all year long, but when you put a bunch of bands on stage, you all sound check and you all turn stuff on and turn things on. And then you come out and you're like, uh Oh, um, I got no guitar or I got, you know, no wireless here, no wireless there, whatever the situation is. But, um, yeah, I mean, 
I say, yeah, I mean, you get nervous a little bit. You get a little bit of shake every now and then, but I don't know. I, I don't not like. It's, it's a job. You got to get out there and do yeah, it. Yeah, it's a job, and I think the sh- number of shows we play every year um, between you know 130 to 160 shows is that you get so you don't take it for granted, but you're like, okay, right. I'm here to do my work, you know, kind of thing, and I want to do it the best possible way. Obviously, it's my product, it's my business, so I'm gonna support that as much as I can, but. At the end of the day, it's like when it comes down to it, you're doing a job and you're dealing with, like I said, with a different crowd every night. Like you play, the, you know, the main stage and, you know, at two in the afternoon, you're getting mainly sober people that are listening to your music, which is a cool thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> they're actually listening yeah, at that point. But then you can play in a quarter, a quarter in a bar on Thursday night and, you know, get people to sing along to your songs and, and make them a believer in your music. And then towards the end of the night, you know, play some covers and make everybody sings to the cover songs, you know, right. not saying you got to play. I think one of the things that we do or, you know, the best is, you know, we do some cover music, obviously, but we know we play the Texas stuff from Cody Johnson to Aaron Watson and Wade Bowen and the people that like you for that. And they like you for that reason. Um, not saying you can't break out fishing in the dark at, a one in a.m. show, you know, it's a, it, but you can't play it like, you know, oh, we got to play fishing in the dark, but oh, you don't want to burn that one too early because you know that no, one's gonna win every yeah, time. No, yeah, no, you can't burn too early. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of the deal, I guess. So, kind of yeah. story. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So when you uh, so after Winstock, did you feel like you're a little on the map more after that? Did you start getting some more recognition from some of the other clubs and get some know. other opportunities? It's always a B, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, I've never, I've never like kind of put like a, a like a patch on my arm saying like check. Um, I've, I've not that I've had to tell myself that, but I've always like okay, this is cool. Like, yeah, we got the wind stock dealer, we got whatever the situation is, and we had a good time there, and we and we presented our deal, and we hope they liked us, you know, kind of thing. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, that show's done and gone. That's um, right. I you know, and and what's next is what's next you don't know yeah some of that's important though when you're talking mm-hmm. about trying to get other gigs because you can say i played this room or we just did this stage or whatever versus the unknown where the promoter for the the show is like well we don't know you well if they look and they see oh he just played winstock maybe it gives you a little bit more street cred oh yeah i mean the on paper looks is always the is always a deal you know yeah um i think that's a fine line and this might be switching your gears. press kit. <laughs> right. And it's great. But like, I don't prom- promote uh, myself as like, Hey, um, yeah, we played this and then I'll, I'll put the biggest show up. Like, Hey, we played Winstock this year. And we played we talked, Winstock 25 uh, yeah, years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, take care. You know, no, it's like, I want to play your place if it's in a bar or if it's a wedding or whatever the situation is. Yeah. I, yeah. you got to look at it that way. And yeah, I, you know, the, the publicity on paper and the, and the images nowadays with media and social media. Yeah. It's a huge thing. I mean, me going to Wyoming, people are like, man, you're like, you're never home. I'm like, no, I was just there for five days. Like, I'm, 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 I'm home. Like, this is great. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. but you know, there's a fine line of that of playing. I've got you know shows offered to me that's like, oh, um, yeah, it's a really good publicity gig. Therefore, it's zero dollars. I'm like, no, like, I, like I, openers I, for nationals. Yes, you and, get paid like nothing. And well, I mean, that's just one of the cases. But you know, kind of thing. Or oh, well. Uh, the people play at this bar for tips and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't, I don't need to do that. Like I'll play it for a discounted rate, obviously, or, Hey, I know we're going to get a lot of publicity out of this festival gig or out of this street dance or opening for this band. Of course, like, I'm not going to say, no, this is our price, 
Like you still got to, you're still a musician at the end of the day. And a lot of the festivals that I've played and I've got lucky because um, you hear horror stories about different things like that. But I'm not going to go in there and say I need a case of beer and a bottle of whiskey and all this stuff like that. You like, got a three page rider. Yeah, no, like I want to back my, my truck and trailer in and load off and play my music for you. And then be out of the way. Like I'm not going to do nothing, but I think, you know, obviously people have ruined that for people like yeah. our level guys. So I think the, the playing for free and the publicity thing is a hard subject. It's really good that you stay grounded though. Cause you know, TK coming from the other side of the, sort of like music world where you're dealing with all these guys that are primarily nationals with the, with the shows that you've promoted. It must be hard when they're bringing forth these crazy, we need X in our trailer or X in our green room or whatever. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, we certainly, we had a, at the WeFest, we had a staff that handled that. You know, I mean, we had somebody in place for every, for every issue. My, my thing with the WeFest was I enjoyed, well, I certainly enjoyed meeting guys like Keith Urban. I mean, the big entertainers yeah. are wonderful people. Yep. And I have wonderful, wonderful memories and stories. But I really enjoyed working with the local and regional talent because these guys are playing their hearts out. And a lot of them aren't getting anything, but well, you can tell because like a guy like Mitch, as much as I've seen him play, because I've seen him play a bunch, he's loving the crowd. Right, like he's clearly all about trying to connect with the people. You talked about that one o'clock afternoon slot, and you know, un- unfortunately, there's, you know, when it, when it's a huge Great. show like of that, course. there's nobody out there, but they're on stage and they're at, the, like you said, at the end of the day, they're musicians, they're performers, they want to mm-hmm. perform and everything's on video and uh yeah. they're doing it and i made sure in the 35 years that i hosted the we fest every single regional act we brought them back out for an encore just because <laughs> i said and if no if there wasn't enough people to make an uproar i would just look at them i'd you know say how about a big round of applause and i said how do you guys feel about doing another one and naturally i'd always square it with them prior yeah kind of set it up and they said, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, they got okay. We just did whatever we could. My, and my wife was a stage producer for 20 years, and we just made sure that they got the royal treatment uh, because, you know, they weren't getting paid much at all. And Yeah, and, right. And uh, it was fun. I have some of my best memories uh, over 35 years of working with guys like you that right. just uh, big smiles. And then some guys like you, all of a sudden, you know, I had one buddy. I uh, was a steel guitar player for. Uh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, Smoke rings in the dark. Oh, you're talking about uh, Gary C- Allen. C- you're talking about CJ. Yeah, CJ. Yeah, and you know he's just playing around town now. He's playing with. Uh, we never did say his name, did we? Gary Allen. Gary, Gary Allen. Allen. Yeah, I was like Gary Allen, right? Yeah. Uh, if you watch our podcast on a regular basis, you'll find that this happens a lot. So, so to, to, to interrupt you, uh, when we were at Winstock, uh, I think it was 2015, we played on the side stage and, um, we were hanging out, um, on the side of the big stage, um, just hanging out and we, Gary Allen was going on stage that night and the whole band walked on and my buddy knows, um, uh, my buddy Bronson knows CJ, um, they're both steel players. And, uh, this guy walked by me and he kind of like stopped and he's like, Mitch, right? And I was like who the hell are you? You know, <laughs> he's like, Oh, I'm CJ. I was like, Oh, I heard about you. You know, he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I watched your show. That was awesome. You want to watch the show from up here? I was like, sure, man. I mean, it was like, he'd pull a chair up right alongside of him. Let you sit down. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, <laughs> man, that band though was 
by far one of the coolest oh, bands I've seen. Man. Like, you know, the whole side stage backstage thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds terrible <laughs> as far as like sound wise, usually, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but man, that band was so fun to watch. I think that it was guitar player. eight guys just gel and Is be CJ- so tight. CJ's the one that drinks a lot of Jack, right? I think they all drink a lot of Jack. <laughs> yeah, because I think I remember seeing those guys at he played the he plays the steel with the Jack bottle. He takes yes. the steel up and bends it up. Yes, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I remember watching those guys play. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. They played uh, Mystic Lake, I think. Yeah, and I went with uh, Brittany. Well, she's now she's Brittany Ingman Ingham. But uh, anyway, so we went. We and at the end of the show, he walked out there after playing the steel with the bottle. Yeah. And he's like slammed a shot off of it or what was probably four shots. Apple juice. Throws the <laughs> bottle up in the air. Like it goes probably 20 feet in the air, catches it again, hits it again, and puts it on the stage, walks off. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. So if sorry to interrupt watch, you, but if you yeah. ever watch CJ, he's constantly flipping his, uh, he's do, he's practicing for that, for mm-hmm. the bottle routine. He's, his steel, uh, what is it called? But like pedal steel or lap steel guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, What's the thing you hold in your hand? When you're playing steel. I don't know the actual term for it. Yeah, I don't either. Funny. He's flipping that up, catching it behind his back. He's usually got a couple extras there in case he misses it. But he rarely does. Don't waste the jack. Yeah. Uh, I have a funny story about CJ. I hope he gets to see this sometime. Uh, Come on on the bus. Him and Gary. After the show, I said, well, I really don't have a lot of time. And I, I made some time, and I went up on the bus. Well, they're way in the back. And since it's not a real big issue anymore. Was it hazy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I sat down with Gary and CJ just for a few minutes and, you know, just cut the breeze a little bit. And I said, I got to get out of here because if I just watch you do what you're doing, I'm not going to be able to function for the rest of the day. So I got out of there and I went back to work on stage. And, Were you a little tangly in that next oh. announcement? <laughs> and no, I got out in time. But uh, they came up on stage to watch the next act. I don't remember who it was. And they both looked like uh, they just came from China. And they had big old cigars in their mouth and a grin from ear to ear. <laughs> but that's, uh, the, that's the thing, though. I mean, so obviously you, you – I don't know you at all, actually. <laughs> right? So you're talking about WeFest. So obviously you worked for WeFest. Is your deal? I don't know. <laughs> right? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Is it my deal? Yeah. Uh, Tom was one of the uh, – like original owners, and he was the onstage host for the first 35 years. Oh, owners, wow. <laughs> uh, owners, a loose term, but I was one of the original founders, and uh, and like he is the week for 35 that, years. That's what I was getting out of our conversation, but I wanted yeah. to make sure I wanted yeah. to clear the mud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, that's yeah. awesome. So, TK was the like onstage host for the first 35 years, and wow, just cool. retired five years ago, Man. six years ago, something like that. Good there were some rumors that I might be going back. But I was just going to say, he's go- <laughs> it sounds like he's going back. So, you, TK, when you go back, you talk to Matt and the rest <laughs> of the crew up there. you got to get Unleaded Band up there. I'm not sure to that play. Tom can retire anything. He can't. <laughs> he can't. They're like, he keeps- hey, come back. One more reunion tour. One yeah. more. He's saying he's going to. He's like he the doesn't. Eagles. One more. <laughs> or Motley Crue. How many f- like farewell tours has Motley Crue done now? Hey, but it's, it's working for him, right? It is. <laughs> Like it doesn't get old. Oh boy! I had to retire from the Rowdy Cowboy Show five or six times before we finally got Shane and one of our future guests next week. Uh oh, uh, Kid George. Kid George. He's uh. Well, we're figuring that out. So. Well, anyway, one of our near future guests. Got to uh, make up They his finally episode. took over my show and uh, they ran with it, and I was like, Whew. yeah. <laughs> but then somebody left town. 
He was down in Oklahoma or Texas for a year, and I had I was dragged back in. <laughs> That's great. He, we'll just say he was dragged, but he wasn't kicking and screaming. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. But what I was getting at is like you know, as you know, that was your deal, and you know, you were bringing the entertainment in. Um, I think it's so cool that you know these these guys. You know, I, it's a loose it's a loose conversation. I guess there's a couple ways I can look at it, like. You know, you hear of, hey, this, this artist was at, you know, whatever festival, or we saw this guy, you know, and he was a dick. And I'm like, no, like, man, everybody has a bad day, you know, kind of thing. Like, you need to understand that, you know, but you as, you know, you're the owner, and you come to the artist, and you go to on their, on their deal and say hi and hang out, you know, for a little bit. I mean, there's relationships that I've built with bar owners or committee rest, you know, places or even festivals or whatever, whoever we play at. There's people that stick in your mind. Um, there's one out in uh, Wentworth, South Dakota, and you know we just we we got the gig from playing this gig and that gig and this gig, and you know they're all friends and whatnot. And we've been talking about going fishing for the last seven years. And we play as July Fourth celebration on the lake, and this year we finally went fishing. Like you know, it's just so yeah. cool that you can like you. Can, I'm sure you have better relationships with different artists that you can call friends. You know, yeah, and that's that's just Absolutely. so that's, so, of that's on one of the podcast. coolest things. That's one of the coolest. Did things. a little bit of hunting with a few of the different musicians, and that was always fun. Yeah, especially when we'd go into some obscure little town uh, tavern, and they'd go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'd wind up drinking Jack Daniels or Jim Beam in their case. Do you know who I mean when I say Jim Beam? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, talking about <laughs> Eddie and T-Roy? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, uh, those guys used to drink Jim Beam like people drink water. Uh, you can't do Jim Beam. Yeah, I, I like bourbon, but Jim Beam, I don't know. Yeah. You know, well, we're going to take a break. Well, but before we get to the to that, TK, yeah. I just want to, as we're kind of wrapping up the music, music half of our uh, show here, um, I want to talk a little bit about what you got on slate for this year. What is the summer looking like for you? Spring and summer and fall. I just talked to a buddy about it today. We were talking, we always feed off each other and it's the floodgate has not opened yet. And yeah. I'm, I'm so leery of what's going to happen. Like everyone's I, nervous. Is like Governor uh, Goofy going to open the state or what? Well, not yeah, no, no shit. Governor Goofy. <laughs> no I like shit. that one. Um, <laughs> but not just this state. I think, you know, I, it's, it hasn't opened yet. It's, it's, it's opened a little bit, but I, I'm still not sure. Um, it's either, you know, Hey, we don't have budget now, or we don't, we're not going to do it because of this situation or that situation. I mean, I had an email today saying, now we're not going to have an opener this year. So sorry, you know, kind of thing. So, oh, man. um, I'm not really like taking my deep breath and like letting it out and like going, Oh, thank God. Like I'm still going to have to, we're still going to have to fight for it, but, uh, we're getting a lot of cool gigs as far as that goes. I mean, we're going to go to play a private party in Kansas in a couple of weeks. Um, um, we're actually playing in my hometown, uh, St. Patrick's day. It is a, it, it's a shit show, but it's, it's the most fun thing. And let's, you know, last year was, that was our last big gig, um, before this all hit. And I remember the owner calling me and he's saying, Mitch, what are we going to do? And I said, I said, there's nothing yet. I said, let's do this thing, you know, kind of thing. I said, we need to make some money, you know, and so do you. And he said, yeah, cause it's a huge revenue for the town. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Man, we played that gig, and um, we don't really party as a band, to be honest with you. Um, and maybe like three to four times, five times a year, to be honest with you. Like we'll sit out at the bar if we're not going anywhere and if we're out of town and have some drinks, you know. And man, man, that night we went home and we partied, and it was just awesome. And then everything locked up. So I think it was a year. 
It was a St. Patrick's Day is yep. the day everything shut down. Yeah. That weekend or whatever the situation yeah. was. But yeah, um, that's that's coming up for us. We're gonna go through with it. Um they are gonna go through with it. God bless them. But uh we have some cool stuff lined up. Um nothing it's uh, you know, town days and festivals and fairs and so another cover for you crazy. here, Mitch. Yeah, that's the crew right now. Dylan, Zach, Jeffrey. Give a shout out to those guys. They're uh they're my rock man. They're they've stuck with me. That's that's one thing I feel the most ashamed of is I can't employ these guys as much as I can. Um, and you don't I, have to be ashamed about it, but, well, I know, but it sure is depressing. It, it, it's frustrating, you know, um, yeah. that, you know, hey, guys, uh, I'm playing now. It's solo gigs, and sometimes I can bring my guitar player with, but other than that, you Maybe know. you can get some more gigs out west. Yeah. Wyoming, Montana. Yep. South Dakota, yep. love those states. Yeah. So, no, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to single out any, any shows this summer as far as that goes. I mean, I never really single out shows because it's like I respect it. every show we play. Um, people say, what's your favorite place to play? I said, I play for people that respect me and good people on the other side of this, this, the story that love to have me there as much as I want to be there. That's a great so, mantra, man. Yeah. Well, that, I can't wait till you do start playing again. Uh, we'll get yeah. the gang together and come out and support yeah. you. And, uh, yes, we will. Whoop it up. I like it. Throw stuff at you and all that. <laughs> I'll bring. I can, I'll I can come to your you, show and bring a backpack with root beer in it. I can tell you a story about that throwing stuff at me. But uh, well, let's do this. We're gonna um, take a quick break. A little word from our sponsors, and uh, when we come back, Mitch, I want to get into racks and reels. Sure. Yeah. And talk about your podcast and your project, and we'll get into hunting and talk about hunting stories and stuff too. Love it. So he will be back with us after the break. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this Remax Results referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast at gmail.com. Folks, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. TK and I are, uh, of course, joined in studio still with uh, Mitch Gordon. How are we doing, sir? Man, I'm disappointed. Like, Yeah, we're all wearing boots, but I was expecting like some backstraps tonight for dinner. Ah, I know it. Oh, yeah, we got the uh, Kmart yeah. Blue Light Special Summer Sausage up there. Sorry, <laughs> my man. <laughs> I just made summer sausage. You should have told me to bring some good summer sausage. Yeah, see that? This is I'm the not whole... saying it wasn't good. I'm sorry. No, she will admit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lynn uh, was uh, the one responsible for the spread. And it was impressive with a really nice in-studio it's food great. spread. It's great. But you she got, did. She we went have on the some cheap. Excellent elk sausage up there, but she didn't want to waste it on us. I won't either. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this Mitch Gore? We don't know him. We're not going to waste <laughs> on him. Is that a thing? Because like you know, you take your back straps of you know an animal, and you're like having people over. Do I give them steaks or do I waste up the back straps? Yeah, um, that's a choice. I got it a, is. I got a funny story. Backstrap story for you. Go so my it. wife grew up in this hunting family. She never hunted because it was like in her family. She's a uh, she's a her mom's 100% Polish. Okay. One of 12 kids. It was like this all Polish family. And the women were not allowed to hunt. They could go to like camp, I think, occasionally, but they weren't allowed to actually hunt. Well, when the men hunted and they'd, have, you know, fill their tags, they'd harvest. 
only the men got to eat back straps. So the whole time she's growing up, she never got to eat any back strap or tenderloin. It was always just whatever roast no or kidding. It was a rule. Like the men hunted and they got to eat the back strap and the women got basically what was left. So when she marries me out, she told me this story. And so the first animal that I knocked down after we got together, I was like, you're eating back strap before anyone else. So we did this recipe and it was actually antelope tenderloin. Yep. And cooked it up with this beautiful like garlic and she put some other like herbs in it. It was fantastic. And then got that sucker medium rare and mm-hmm. then gave her that first bite. And you should have seen the eyes roll in the back of her head. I almost had to catch her. She almost fell to the floor. That's a shame that that would ever that, she, that I gave her the, the back strap? No, that, yeah, <laughs> that the family wouldn't allow the women. I'll get you in trouble with my wife, TK. Totally <laughs> back in those days, they used to cook the death mm-hmm. out of, that's where the gamey came from oh man so frustrating i can remember and i was born in the 50s i can remember in the 60s my friend dad coming home with a deer and they'd cook it and they'd cook it and cook it until it was like silver gray right (laughs) and hard as a rock you gotta go to jail for that kind of thing (laughs) you know mitch we had a restaurant in uh, lionel lakes called red oak okay and every week we featured a different wild game it was pretty unique and it was uh really cool and you know, we educated hundreds and hundreds of people. No, you don't want this more than medium rare. Mm-hmm. Because if it goes past medium, then we're not responsible for what you're going to eat. Well, some animals you got to cook more, like bear, right, because of the trig? Oh, no. No. Really? Uh, we never have. Oh. It's, never how you have. Take, it's how you take care of it, too, you know? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, that gamey, that, that taste, that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. It was back then when you cook it to death. Anything that tastes terrible. Cook it rare or medium rare. And um, I have heard of people cooking their bear a little more, but we never have. Hmm. What, do you, what do you mean when you say trig? Oh. Yeah, trigonosis is a, uh, typically a bacteria that you can get from some animals. Like I've heard it's prevalent in bear, prevalent in it moose. It is, and uh, the DNR will put out bait stations of uh, pork, and they will put, a, I believe, a dye in it now. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast that might be smarter than me, <laughs> uh, for sure. You know, and we don't want to claim that we're experts on any topic because someone else says, well, that's not true. We know but just I, enough to be dangerous, TK. Yeah. And uh, we have a fair history, and I know that the DNR puts out baits, and uh, it's for that purpose to determine whether or not uh, there's the dye that they put in the pork will go to the tooth that you have to extract mm. from a bear and give to the DNR. And I'm hoping and praying what I'm saying is accurate. Uh, it's something like that, but you're right. Trigonosis is uh, prevalent in bear, but quite frankly, I don't know if it's harmful to men or not, or men and women. Well, Sec- I, well I think, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the keep with that, and I got a question to follow up that. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I mean, I think, I mean, the wild game is, like I say, I mean, the reason, you know, you don't like wild game is because, yes, you have overcooked it. It is chewy. I mean, think (laughs) of how many times uh, grandma or auntie, you know, Aunt Amy has cooked the turkey on Thanksgiving dinner, and you're like, give me some gravy, come on, you know, kind of thing. Like, how long has that thing been in the oven for, you know, kind of thing. But, no, it's a serious thing. Like I mean, National Lampoon's when he cuts it, he just... Yeah, you know? So it's like, I love, I mean, I love the, I look at the cooking thing as a, just a huge experiment. 
and yeah, yeah you're going to have some bad recipes or whatnot. But um, I recently bought one of them. Sorry, I'm jumping to the cooking thing right away. But No, you, um, you mentioned before you like to cook. So I do ahead, like man. to cook. I, I jumped on the bandwagon of the whole pellet grill fad, and I, I'm not a fad guy. It took me a lot to break down and buy one of those, but I've heard so many good things, and I love that. Like, I froze my butt off this winter cooking stuff outside because it was so good. Yeah. You know, but like you say, you know, if you can cook that – backstrap or that you know steak or whatnot the venison um i just made summer sausage on it and man you just watch the temperature gauge you know it's it's awesome and you get that right sear on there oh it's so good yeah oh, no, oh, no, you're making I, me hungry oh man I that's know. a good thing i just but, want to revert back to what we were talking about yeah. the old school thinking was you had to cook it to death to kill the wild germs or whatever yep. was in yep wild game yep. and now that we have evolved and we know that uh, the wild game is the best meat and the best protein we oh. can eat, not chemically fed. Or you know. We're making an effort right now, and TK, we've talked about this, but just Mitch, for you as a family where we're going to like all game and organic. Yeah. So like in the freezer right now, we have some elk, antelope, venison, um, and the hope is to like start supplementing some bear and some moose and like other stuff like that so that we're only eating – you know, beef, organic beef that we get, and then like some turkey that we can get that's locally sourced. Well, it's funny because my or chicken, my wife and I—that's all we usually do eat. We usually game. get wild game. I mean, mainly venison, um, that and fish and whatnot. But I mean, mainly venison all year round, um, unless Mitch just passes on too many bucks and doesn't shoot one like <laughs> last year or misses. But anyway, ah, uh, besides that fact, the story, the story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, we usually feed ourselves off venison. Um, it's funny because when I first met my wife, we, I'd have a, you know, freezer full of venison and whatnot. And not from, not from three years ago, like once, you know, last year's gone, it's about time, you know, and it, it cycles itself. We eat that much, uh, about three meals, a day, three uh, different meals of venison, or wild game every week. And uh, she went to the store and um, bought some ground beef for sausage or something like that for tacos one day. And because uh, we, we were out of uh, um, breakfast sausage that we use for, you know, spaghetti and such. And yeah. she made it and she's like, there is so much water and moisture and everything in this pan right now. And I'm like, yeah. She eats it. She's like, this tastes like crap. And I'm like, well, first of all, you got to buy the more, a little bit more expensive, you know, ground beef kind of deal. But, uh, and it is expensive. Oh my God! It, it, uh, yeah, I, I taught her you, you got to go to a butcher shop and get that stuff, not the grocery store. Like, there's there's a difference. Grocery but, it's like seven bucks a pound. Oh, I know. It's it, but anyway, I mean, it's uh, it's funny because I mean, I'm 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 thankful that she loves the wild game as much as I do because it it, it goes really easy and you know you bring somebody over to your house that doesn't like wild game or doesn't really really dig it and you cook them and they're like man this is good you know it's like well yeah it's it's an experiment you know yeah so but yeah sorry to interrupt <laughs> no you're right we you know we um we made a commitment for us and for the family too so like our kids are really big into the game they love the venison they love elk mm-hmm. they love antelope whatever i put in front of them you know if it's a protein they're eating it so yeah, that's good get them started early and get those taste buds going because like you say that that's the way to go is that wild game it's healthier for every, you every family i know that uh it's not loaded with Monsanto and whatever else. There's yeah, focuses on wild game. Once they eat beef, they go, ooh, yeah. They just and, and God dang respect all them farmers and stuff that are growing the good beef and whatnot. I've I've got buddies that grow beef and man, it's so good and pork. And I've got pigs from people before and buddies and man, it's so good. You know, yes. so yeah, um, there is definitely good product out there on that side Absolutely. of things. Too, yeah, there is. But, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong, I wasn't knocking the beef uh, providers. No, no, no. Especially since we own a steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys jealous for a second. So my wife works with 
another doctor that they get bison locally sourced from some friends of theirs, Sweet. but they don't get venison. So we worked out a deal with them. Where we're going to trade some venison for bison. There you go. It's perfect. I'm super pumped about it because bison's like right now, if you go to any organic store, it's like 12 bucks a pound. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I'm like $12. My, my $12. Buddy, <laughs> my buddy's dad out in Wisconsin where we hunt, he raises buffalo. Yeah. Man, it's good. You get some buffalo? <laughs> a little bit. Nice. A little bit. Little bit perfect. Bit. I don't ask for it. He usually sends me home with a package. Yeah, nice. That's there nice of go. him. Yeah. So. I harvested a buffalo in southern Minnesota. Guy had a farm down there, and he had some bison. He used to come into the restaurant and said, should we go down and shoot a buffalo? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we both shot a buffalo. And loaded what was the weapon of choice that day? Um, I was actually using my muzzle loader because I was trying a new bullet, and I had shot an elk the year before, and fortunately I caught enough arteries where I harvested that elk, that elk, and uh, uh, I didn't get as much penetration as I wanted. So uh, I was trying a new bullet, and it blew right through that buffalo. And I said, well, this one will work. Yeah, but we got go. to serve that. We had it processed by a USDA processing plant, and uh, we served it at the restaurant. Well, you have to do the USDA to serve at the restaurant. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was going to ask how that worked, but, yeah, now I get it. <laughs> There's a – and I don't know if there – and, you know, Killer Kyle can maybe check on this – there used to be a uh, wild game uh, st- uh, store or no, provider in Hudson, Wisconsin called uh, Venison Venison Unlimited. I think that was it. My wife would know. Uh, well, she's in the room. Venison America. Thank you, dear. All right. Venison America. There you go. And, uh, Kyle, I don't know if that store is still in existence or not. But Can you jump on the Google machine and check that out, Kyle? Oh, check it out. We don't know. Uh, we used to serve everything from rabbit to buffalo. I mean, mm-hmm. everything in between, whether sometimes with various birds. and uh, But venison, red deer, my goodness. And my dad called me the other day, and he uh I get the daily dad phone call, which is awesome. But sometimes it's uh, <laughs> it's more task what it's worth, I should say. But I'm thankful for that. Um, you he get called, to spend in yarn and you can't get them off the line. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Um, but anyway, uh, he called me the other day. He goes, "Yeah, that butchery uptown there they changed owners." I said, "Yeah, what about it? They got sunfish." My dad loves sunfish, like huh. loves sunfish, and he could he'll catch a sunfish and package them up. And if he has too many, you know, he'll bring them to the bus route in the morning, give them sure. away, you know, kind of oh. thing. Oh, that's nice and he goes, do you know what they're getting a pound for that? I said, no, Dad, what, what are they getting? He goes, seventeen ninety nine a pound. I can make a lot of money, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a lemonade stand, your dad's yeah. ever selling pumpkin Sunfish. seeds. <laughs> He's giving them away. Yep. But anyway. I don't know if anyone, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't like sunfish. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that pickled sunfish you brought in tonight's delicious. That's good. Thank you. I am showing it as closed. Okay, it is closed. Dang. Is it like closed because of covid or it just says permanently closed permanently closed that's a tough tough business to be in mm-hmm. yeah so you said you did not fill your um uh, your whitetail tag in minnesota 2020 nope i did not um i think you may have said something to me about I this you might have i was 50 in minnesota i was like 56 hunts in i was all the total year i was 64 hunts in from wisconsin and in minnesota um Couple of big bucks that I've was tracking. They got they got shot. Um, and then uh, yeah, I was out one morning and 
for you know the hour and 15 minutes before i needed to hit the office that morning and <laughs> one showed her one showed himself he was big I, I don't know which one he was um but he was big and tall and uh gave me a opportunity at 28 yards and uh little, and your, your archery right yep little window about five yards from where he came out and stopped him and shot and right over the back i don't i People were like, what do he do? You know, what's what, what did he jump in? I said, nope. I said, just I missed. I said, last last year I shot at 43, and the year before 58. And yeah, crazy. But I don't know. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. So you it know, wasn't it wasn't like antler fever. Like it just nope. I mean, I don't usually get antler fever. It happens, you know, so quick or whatever, you know. And yeah, saw him come up, put his head up, and it was right at right at uh, right at dawn, and showed himself. And well, if you had a slow motion right. camera on it. You probably uh, would see that he did duck it. Yeah, Pro- probably. Yeah, wow. I mean, I even had the pin set at twenty-five, um, and he was at twenty-eight. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I shoot religiously, and for something like that happens, so frustrating. But it happens to everybody, yeah. you know. I you put all that practice. You know, time, people man. say, "Why do you shoot bow so much?" And I said, huh. "I don't shoot bow just because I want to be a you know a better archer. I I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I get up in the mornings in the summer and ride bike, and you know, around the you know the lake that's next to me and you know get a workout in shoot my bow and um yeah i love shooting bow it's just so fun you know so and you can share it with buddies and this guy right here has picked up the passion for shooting bow it's like cameron haynes says run left shoot right (laughs) whatever whatever man that guy's an animal he Uh, is an animal i'm i feel like i'm in pretty good shape but yeah man no thanks yeah We just had a graphic up. There it is again. I was just going to say, speaking of uh, so, reels. well, Mitch is no stranger to podcasts, are you, sir? Well, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, well, I've got my own show. It's called Racks and Reels. Um, a guy at, uh, my buddy Sean, at, uh, when he worked with the k station out of um, Bram, I went up there for an interview uh, through a buddy that I hunt with, uh, referred me to him, bought my new album, and uh, we went and chatted, and uh, I brought my wife with that night uh, to the radio interview. I said, "Well, let's. We haven't seen each other, and it's one thing we we go sometimes, and we we live with each other. And sometimes it's like seven, eight, ten days. It's like, okay, hi, how you doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know when it's when it's busy and the world's normal. Um, so we went up there, and I was like, hey, we'll go there. It's she said it'll take like forty five minutes an hour, and then we'll grab some dinner. You know, all right, sounds great. You know, we go there, and he goes, man, you're a good guy. You want to stick around for a while? I was like, sure. So four hours later. <laughs> we finally got out of there. Well, we never did get dinner, but, um, <laughs> so it was good, but yeah, he inspired me to, uh, to do a podcast and I was like, okay. So that was kind of right when the, when the COVID thing hit and, uh, I was like, man, this will keep my mind off things. So yeah, yeah. It's been a fun little adventure. It's, it's kind of, it's just a small thing and, um, buddies of buddies of buddies that come over and we chat about what we know, um, about what season's going on and, um, it's 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 it, I learn a lot from it, um, and I think that's a lot of a lot of things. Is you learn a lot from your next guest, and that guest mm-hmm. learns a lot from you guys. So it was just fun for me. Well, Shane and I talk about things that we know, and a lot of things we don't know anything right. about. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. The emphasis on the latter. I had a buddy on there uh, that hunts coyotes, and God bless them people that hunt coyotes because I have no urge of getting in the woods and hunting a coyote. I just I don't know why that is for me, but I I don't uh but i love the guys that do it because that they're protecting a herd man so yep. <laughs> but yeah it's crazy i mean you learn all this stuff and like 
I've dove into turkey hunting a lot over the past five years. And, man, the stuff you learn from guys that really, really do it. Elk hunting. Um, I'm down that rabbit hole, and I'm, and I'm trying. I mean, that's a whole different world. But last couple of years, I went elk hunting, and uh, archery elk hunting. And, man, the stuff you learn from people. Yeah, you the, went out west, right? Like yeah, Colorado? grit and glamour from go. people. Yep. Went out west, and, uh, man, it's that's so a So where is this? Is this um, that picture right there is from Colorado. Um, we were so right there's a big cliff, about I don't know how many feet down. I have no idea. But you know are, what elevation you were hunting at? Yeah, there were there were treetops. That was about eighty eight hundred, eighty eighty nine hundred um, feet. We're climbing to ninety two was the top of that ridge right there. Um, but yeah, those are treetops of the poplars below us. Um, and we yeah, are, those photos just don't do it justice. No man, it's it's insane. And you've been there and whatnot. It's it's crazy. So um yeah that's that's about where it. in colorado were you um you don't have to give your no <laughs> we were we were south of steamboat springs about 45 60 miles sure okay. um so i've hunted that i know a guy out there that used to live here and he married a um a family out there that uh here's another one knows people yeah there's a big rub right there and that that right there boys is in the bedroom we uh we found the bedroom and uh just elk poop and rubs everywhere like elk cologne everywhere you walked yeah it was it was absolutely insane um but it was so thick and it was so hard to hunt them that we called if we want to go as far as in the into that uh elk hunting deal i'm, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very rookie uh to be honest with you but i uh, love talking about it's elk do hunting. it's do it yourself and that's the way to fast forward people say well mitch why don't you just buy the rifle tag and go and kill one? I said, no, I'm killing one with my, with my bow and I'm doing it by myself because <laughs> one, I don't have the money to go pay somebody like, uh, you know, a lot of people do and that's great. And if I had the money, I would, I would probably do it, you know, to and get that experience. We can tell you, cause we did this two years ago. We paid a fortune to an outfitter and he filled his tag, but yeah. of the four guys, he's the only one that did. Right. So well, it's I not mean, a sure thing. It's trial and error, but yeah. Um, yeah, we went out there and we were, we knew from the rancher, he said, you know, he was a rifle hunter and he didn't, you know, knew exactly, but he go, yeah, we, you know, they're on Brush Mountain, you know, there we, there's elk up there, you know, all right. So we had to climb this big face of a cliff um, and, and it was kind of by the road. So everybody would go like the cliff was here and the trailhead was here and then everybody went this way. Well, we went the other way because we heard that there's uh -huh. elk up there. All we get up there in the first year, it was me and my cousin and we found him um, and we were uh, kind of wussies. Um, we left early, and we were mentally drained, and that it'll do that to you. Yes, um, it does. Elk hunting is a is a very mental game, as much as it is physical, and it's weird uh, to go down that rabbit hole. When you go hunt whitetails, you go to somebody's place or somebody's cabin or you know state land, and they go, "Okay, go here, go here." You know, you have a and place. usually you're sitting on your rear end. Yeah, and you know you're doing your thing, but yeah, mentally drained and. Um, not super proud of that, to be honest with you, but, uh, next year we went and I went with a good buddy of mine and went right back up to that bedroom, man. And the first, second day we had, well, first of all, we had him bugling back at us. The second day we went in and, um, one fired back at us and he was on our level and he wasn't super far, but he was far enough away, probably 150 yards or so. Were you checking wind? Yep. Checking wind. Yep. Good um, man. he bugled back at my buddy and, uh, my buddy bugled again a little bit after that. Nothing. So we kind of waited like 10 minutes, and he bugled. And I said, well, I don't know if he's there. I said, I'm going to let him bugle off, and I'm going to chuckle after, you know. And the thing chuckled right back at me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, he's interested. Yeah, let's fire him up. Yep, so we knew we were in like this little opening the size of this garage only, and that was the only openings. Like there was a couple of them. So we waited about 45, 50 minutes, and he went silent. And we're like, well, just wait. 
So about, I don't know, 50 minutes went by, and I thought, well, let's try to get another 15, 20 yards. Hopefully we can get on a trail and, you know, make another call at him. Well, we walked about 15, 20 yards, and we jumped him. Oh, so he no. Was, he was on his way. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, I mean, how long do you wait? You know what I mean? So You don't know. And like you say, you know, it's just like, it's just like the cooking thing. It's, you're experimenting your, your situation, and that was the coolest thing. And, man, we were on elk every day uh, for, nice. for six days we saw them we tracked them um we went through we went from 80 degrees on the one day to a snowstorm where they're like hunters get off the mountain so we went and got a hotel room it was great um and got drunk it was awesome and ate steak and <laughs> cheesecake and it was the best thing ever uh, <laughs> but then when they, they next went out and uh man yeah it was cold and we tracked you know elk through the snow and um we just never Never got lucky, and you guys know that. You know, find it. Oh gosh, so. you know if you're into a elk, lot of tag soup. Yeah, if you're into elk every day, and never leave. That's an awesome experience. Never leave. What's that? Never leave. You can't can't leave elk to find elk, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're in them every day, you got nothing to complain about. Boy, it's, that's that's most of the experience. I mean, it's certainly icing on the cake if you can put one right. down and fill your freezer, and then it's even. <laughs> Maybe the cherry on top if you get a big bowl with uh, yeah. six points or more. and But just to be up in the mountains and yeah. hear them and be after them. And have get them. one to respond to you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that was, a, that was my buddy's first thing. He's the first time he's like, I just want to talk to one. You know, but I was, I mean, on that trip, we were 25 yards away from one. And he was coming right into us. And I couldn't make the shot because it, so, it was so thick. You know, he never gave me a shot, you know, kind of thing. But the one he jumped, did you get a chance to see him? Um, was he decent? I I knew he was a bull. I saw a silhouette, but yeah, we we did see a couple big five by fives, um, and we had one at ninety yards, and just I couldn't get the shot off fast enough, which is a far shot. But um, yeah, I think the majority of the people that have never been out elk hunting, they don't get what you just said, TK, of the experience of being there and being in oh. the elk. There's guys that go four, five, six days without seeing an elk track. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's hard. You know, I mean, it's hard to go to a public land piece and maybe the herd's not even there. Maybe, I mean, maybe they're five miles from there. Right. But, yeah. You know, I think this weekend uh, the Elk Whisperer is going to be joining us. <laughs> He's a Uh-oh. friend of ours. Uh, you know, you were talking about archery. Yep. Uh, and I'm I'm a huge archer. I mean. I shoot in two archery leagues, and awesome. I have a passion for that. Even though I'm having issues with my eyes, I'm experimenting with different lenses and stuff. And uh, for those of you that are wondering why I'm always wearing glasses, it's because I have a very rare neurological issue with my eyes, and the lights are really, really bright. And I don't want to go down that particular road. Well, we gave you a choice, either lights or makeup, and you don't want to do the makeup. <laughs> so <laughs> I could wear a mask. But Let's you know, not go there, please. We already did that, man. We already uh, talked about that. Mitch, yeah. I'm telling you, whatever gets me out in the woods, I kill elk with muzzle loader and deer and, you know, pretty much archery, rifle. I mean, you can go out in uh, Idaho, Montana, wherever you can get a license and you, you can find some good public land to get mm-hmm. on with a rifle, with a bow, whatever your choice is. You know, it's just, you know, with a muzzle loader, you can get. Hopefully, a little. You don't have to get near as quite as close as you do with an arch with right. archery, and then certainly with a rifle. You know, the sky's the limit almost. Right. But whatever gets me out there, I have a passion for all of it. I was just gonna say, Mitch, um, as a guy that hunted basically your whole life, probably, mm-hmm. 
to get out in the mountains, it's like it changes your entire perspective. You feel really small. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have a thing that. I should have tell my deer hunting friends, like, I got to get you to the mountains. You don't even know yet. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I trained physically. I mean, he sound like the gym guy, but like, I like going to the gym and I like. I'm doing it right now, training yeah. for elk season. So. See? Uh, but that's what. Five days a week. Got me. I mean, when I was in high school and stuff, we lifted weights all the time. And then we'd go to the bakery and buy four donuts after it was the best bake. Like, bakery, by the way. God dang, I wish they're still open. I missed that place. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he still has metabolism. Yeah, man, it was great. Uh, but no, um, I, lo- I love working out and I-, I hate cardio. I always will hate cardio. And but man, uh, ever since I went elk hunting, I picked up the cardio game and you got on the level. And now it's like it- it's going to kick your butt anyway, the elevation. No matter what um, you do. No matter what you do. Um, it always takes me a couple days to get accommodated from it. I don't get like the headache or nothing like that. Um, but yeah. you can tell like after two, three days, like, oh, OK. I'm accommodated to it and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but like I was out snowmobiling in, in uh, Wyoming it was a work and play trip on the tour, uh, last week. And, uh, well, last day we had to, we were able to go ride snowmobile and it was, uh, and I got stuck of course a couple of times and man, I was dying. Like it was terrible. And I haven't dropped my cardio from when I started working out, you know, years ago from, from going on elk season, but you just feel so small. Um, and I don't know, it's just a different feeling. Nobody will ever feel it. Um, I mean, my dad wants to go elk hunting really bad. And I told him, I, uh, my dad's um, almost 70. And I said, Dad, I said, I don't, I said, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not being mean. I'm not being mean. Gosh, dang it. Um, oh, but, I know you weren't. But I, For those that are listening but, but to the I, audio version only, yeah. Tom just told me I'm number one. <laughs> but I told him, I said, I said, yeah. I said, Dad, I said, archery. I said, we, we probably can't get you to go archery. But I said, a rifle tag or something, you know, a muzzle loader tag, you know, along that way. So let's do that, you know, yeah. because I mean, when you're mar- marching six, seven miles and you're complaining about your half mile walk back to your deer stand, I said, there's going to be a situation here that's not going to work. I mean, it's just, six, re- seven it's just miles reality. No such thing as flat terrain. No. So, um, and that's another thing, um, about the Western hunting. Like I said, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a super rookie when it comes to this, but I've, I've been there, I've done it and it's not about worrying about the bears and the cougars and whatever the situation is it's about worrying about this stupid three three rock you know three rocks that you're going to twist your ankle on when you're five miles back and you can't get out especially in wyoming oh man that whole country is rocks yeah it's just it's just it's nuts so um i applaud anybody who goes out there and does it because i get a lot of people saying you know why don't you you like i say why don't you just go buy a rifle tag and get it over with and do this and that so you don't understand i said this is the this is my goal it's my vision yeah so um but yeah elk season is my my new my new looking forward to and uh my wife hasn't yelled at me yet about watching all the elk videos and calling. Um, and <laughs> I call them a cows in actually. They're not my cows; they're my neighbor's cows. But man, when you blow the elk call and them cows are man, they they get they get they come right over. They rip that bugle. Yeah, and it's, come right over. it's great, man. They're That's like, awesome. what happened? <laughs> the neighbors are probably like, what's that sound? Yeah, oh. exactly. No, so I, I love the elk thing, man. It's uh, um, I put in for a Wyoming elk tag this fall. Um, so we got it. Kind of sucks. I have to wait till May twentieth to find See out. See if you get drawn. If I get drawn, but it sounds like the the odds are, are pretty decent for an archery tag in that area. So what, what area are you at? Um, we'll be sixty seven, sixty eight, and sixty nine. Okay, the, the tag's good for. So I have a friend out there that I met um, on New Year's. He actually came to my wedding, and uh, you know it was kind of was one of those deals where you you figure out 
oh, this is a good guy. I like, I like this guy. Well, you know, we got chatting. And he's like, well, you hunt elk, right? And I said, well, yeah, poorly, you know, of course. <laughs> he's like, well, why don't you come out here? And I said, well, I'll get drawn, you know. So I told him, I said, all right, well, I'll put in for a tag. So he goes, well, where does he live? Um, he's in the Dubois area. Oh, okay. Yep. So he's like, I, I know where they're at. I don't really archery hunt that much. And I'll, I'll take off work and put you on them. And I said, okay. He goes, I can promise you will see elk. I can't promise a shot. And I said, you don't have to tell me that story, you right, know? Right. So, yeah. I find myself in the mountains, uh, and, and TK, I know that you agree with this cause we've talked about it, but Mitch, maybe you can attest to it too, but you get out there and you get a few miles back in and I find myself just stopping and taking it in. It's unbelievably gorgeous out there. Yeah. Just when you're seeing all this stuff that has never had motorized anything in it, because it's just God's green earth out there, and it's just you and wild animals and the nature. It's just yeah. the most amazing experience ever. You feel real close to God in those situations. I just love it. I'm addicted to it. I got to tell you, Mitch, a few years back, Shane came to me and said, you know, I'd like to get into hunting. And I said, well, let's go hunting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so his very first hunting trip took him out to Colorado with the Elk Whisperer. With the Elk Whisperer. And uh, it was an archery trip. And uh, we went up and down the big mountains over there. And this was his first time hunting. And so he's on an archery elk hunt. And for those of you that hunt, you know that a lot of people, maybe they'll start with. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, by the way. (laughs) Until we got there, I was like, what in the world? Rabbit hunting, maybe turkey hunting, you know. Start small. Mainly everybody starts small. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, at least so he starts out with uh, an archery elk hunt. And uh, we were out there when they were having the bad fires out and we were breathing smoke every day. And we were real close to We had some bad weather, too. And so he didn't. He didn't get to harvest an elk that trip, but what he did see, and again, this is his first time hunting, I saw off in the distance, I saw Sarah's moose. And so I started grunting and cow calling at it. It picked his head up and he meandered his way over to him, to us. And can I tell this story, TK? Yeah. You sure can. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to, you know, I want to like put a little context in here. Uh-huh. So we're at the the basically the south end of this meadow, and there is um, there's a little mouth that goes back to a smaller meadow. So we're kind of at this mouth, and he's on one side, I'm on the other, and then we hear some ruckus on the side of the mountain out in front of us, and we both, even though we couldn't talk because we're you know a couple hundred yards apart, assumed it was an elk coming down off the mountain. It sounded like it, you know, it was making noise coming down. And it turns out it was this Shiraz moose. So he sees this thing, and he's, I didn't even realize he knew how to call a moose. He just starts doing this moose call, and he <laughs> pulled easy. this thing yeah. 500 yards across this meadow. And for about 20 minutes, it walked in a circle between he and I. And at one point, it got to where it was about five feet from me, and I was tucked in this little grove put myself up against a tree. I'm like, if this thing runs at me, what am I going to do? It's the hump on his back yeah. was taller than my head. And I'm not is sure. Is this the moose from the intro? This is the the moose from the intro. That's the video oh. is, is that was when he called that moose in. And it was when it got real close to me, I put my phone back in my pocket real subtle. Like, yeah, cause I'm like, I don't want this thing to see me playing paparazzi here. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. It really was. I mean, you know, it was a huge time. animal, huge. We have a picture of it. I don't know if uh, yeah, she's Danny the, will be able to get it on the screen or not, but 
He was a he was a beautiful Shara's moose. Yes, he was. You know, there are three subspecies. You got the Alaskan Yukon, the big monsters, and you got the Canadian moose, which is what we have in Minnesota. And then in Montana and Colorado, Wyoming, they have a Shara's moose, which is the smallest of the subspecies. But we had an amazing representative of Shara's moose. He was a big boy. Boy, and I, I, I pulled he back. He was a big animal. I, I had him dead to rights. Uh, I pulled back on him a few times just to, uh, you know, just to put my bead on him, see where I would shoot at him. <laughs> he said to me later after we got connected, he was like, I was hoping you weren't going to shoot that thing because we don't have a moose tag. And I'm like, what? No, I don't have a moose tag. <laughs> my first time out there hunting with you, but I wasn't, like, ignorant of rules. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. That's crazy. That's a cool story, though. Yeah. Was so, a good story. so racks and reels, how often do you – now you said you took a break until turkey season? Yeah, we'll, we'll fire up the turkey season a little bit every now and then. Um, so you just I was, did a video on fillets, though. I, I just like doing that stuff, man. I, I really do – I don't know. I just like doing – that stuff because showing people what what i know and like you say i think tk says too you know it's like hey we're gonna do what we know and sometimes we don't do it right you know kind of yeah. thing so it's like this is what i do and this is how i butcher a quarter of an animal or take the back straps out or do jerky or like i mean because when i do something of you know as far as a processing thing or cooking thing you want to watch a video yeah and i don't know i just kind of like to share that stuff uh i don't know i guess the camera's always been in front of me um as far as for the music thing and yeah and, and all the hunting thing and i don't want to let it get anywhere where it kind of bogs me down as far as i'd need to pretend con you know produce content i was doing it every week um and it was awesome it was so much fun to like do it every week and to have that i think because the covid thing hit me as far as like you know what am i gonna do need something to so i structured yourself. that you know every week um and i and i was on the on the radio station it was produced every week too um um and that kind of went away as far as that goes um not for my reasoning or anything just out of my hands um so i don't think i'll do it every week um but it'll be a couple times a month just you know do it where people can still get the information and have fun with it. So yeah. it's nothing I expect to do any huge things with. It's just something for me to keep busy with. Do, do, do me, you know, it's and, fun. and, uh, but you're having guests and stuff in. I've listened to a, a yeah, few of the podcasts. Yep. Um, I love to have guests in. And like I say, you know, this guest is like, Hey, I got this guy. He wants to talk about this. He knows everything about this. Like, uh, one of the thing I don't do is I don't duck hunt or goose hunt much unless I get called and say, Hey, we got a blind for you, and we got 200 decoys, and we're going to go out here, and the geese are going to fly at this time, we're going to kill them all. And I'm like, I'll be there. Uh, so, yeah, but them guys are nuts. Like, them guys are crazy. Um, but, I, I mean, they look at me being crazy, too, of sitting in the woods for 60 sometimes. and Crawling around the you know, mountains. Yeah, and then, you know, and, like, going to chase turkeys and driving around gravels the two weeks before the season and getting permission and all this stuff like that. So I think we're all – I have a bad addiction with the outdoors. Um and I guess I could be addicted to some to other stuff. So That's a good I, addiction. I think it's a, I think a, it's a great thing. Addiction. So and uh, my wife uh, has a bow and whatnot and does the thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I'm glad I'm uh, introduced to the outdoors. So TK gave me a book a while back that was uh, that, that was that, sure is, that was yeah. the elk. That's, or, that's or, I'm sure sorry, the the moose. Yep. yep. You, you, that was your footage. So this is when he was like probably that's 100 just yards a from me. I took. That's a massive moose. That's he so this is like I said he's like a hundred yards. He walked all the way up to literally about five feet from me. Oh yeah, and was standing there and didn't see Look me. Look at luckily, the bell on him. How did you not five feet? Five feet. 
Whoa. He was standing in front of me. Whoa. And that hump on his back was much higher than my head. Oh, oh yeah. sure. I was like, this thing is the size of a minivan. He's huge. <laughs> a full-size van. Yeah, huge. Just a huge <laughs> That's animal. nuts. Thanks for putting yeah. that up, Danny. Yeah, cool. It was a cool experience. And for those folks that have seen the podcast or will see the podcast, the intro has a little video clip of him coming across the field at That's us. That's so cool. So Being the Asian cool. man, I pulled out my camera and I did click a few pictures off. Never thought to hit video. <laughs> oh, I had the video because he yeah. was walking and he was, you're making noise and he's making noise. And I'm like, I'm filming this. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you never know what you're going to see. Um, yeah. Especially out there. I mean, yeah. You never know what you're going to see. It's just an awesome experience. And like I said, I, I, I really want to bring my dad out there someday and, and wherever we go and get him on a, uh, on an elk and, and make it happen. You know, it'd just be yeah. cool to, I found myself over the years, um, in the outdoors of actually getting the enjoyment of letting other people hunt. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, just, I talked about my dad, but last year we were in Turkey blind together and like I said, he doesn't love hunting. Like I'd love hunting. He loves fishing, fishing you know, yeah. kind of thing. And the, we had Turkey coming. I was pattering turkeys for four days on this piece of property. And I just could not get them to come across this, this a little drainage that, um, I mean, they're 40 yards from me in the tree, but I couldn't get any closer to the roost without spooking them in the morning, you know, but yeah. I had to get them to come across. And that morning he came out, the, um, the hens came across and the Tom came with him and he turned and came right up to my decoy, you know, seven yards. And I'm like, you, I was like, you shoot, you know, go ahead, go ahead. You know, he's a crossbow. And I was like, go ahead. He's like, no, 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 you do it. You know, I'm like, no, no, you do it. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, fine, no shoot. So I, <laughs> so I black shot, you know, but it was just cool to share the experience. And I wish he would have picked up. Who was with you? His dad. My dad was with me that was. morning, you know, and it was uh, after I was pattering him on that property for four or five days, and it finally, it finally happened. You know, I had seven toms gobbling back at me in the morning, and and finally one turned its head and came to me. Well, I tell you, as much as I love big game hunting, deer and elk, moose, whatever it is, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing like that big gobbler waltzing right up to your decoy, especially if the sun's shining on it. Oh my gosh, got that fan colors, and hearing them spit and drum, ah. I've been fortunate, Mitch. I used to get to hunt eight different states every spring. You can see in this room, he's knocked down a few turkeys. That's awesome, man. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, um, just what a great, you know, after our long Minnesota winters, what a great place to be. Knock the, the itch out. And listening to him gobble. It's just uh, before it's the, the ticks thing. Before the ticks come out, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, right. Man, yeah, they, when they when they they can be buggers. Uh, last year I hunted. I think it, was, it took me fourteen hunts in twelve days. Oh wow! To to finally knock one down. But hmm. man, you know, to get one to play the play the rule book is is crazy. And uh, like you say, the colors and them coming up to your decoy and oh man, it's just it's incredible. It's a I neat deal. It. it is cool. And for the person that doesn't like turkey, please come over and I will cook you turkey, and you'll <laughs> you'll be a believer. Trust me. My my wife likes makes the best turkey pot pie. It's so good. How do you, sounds amazing. How do you cook your wild turkey? Oh, here we go, Mitch. Here's that video footage we were talking about. Oh yeah. So this is I'm tucked in this grove. Dude, that and, is a massive moose. And like, Tom's calling him across the field right now. That is a oh my god. That's bigger than I thought. Uh, you know, a sheriff's moose. That is like I said. I don't know the, how the record books run on sheriff's moose, but I know that moose will be in the record books. That is a massive... He's walking towards me right now. 
And from that was taken from Shane. Yeah, so he started up that side, and then he just started circling between us because he kept calling him. So he's all confused, going, "Where's this coming from?" Golly! <laughs> he started walking toward me. I was like, "Oh boy!" It's <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, it's a great show. I love it how we just jump from turkey to moose. You got to. Elk. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> Can't have a script. Every every radio interview I've went into that has a script, they suck. Yeah, and yeah. the ones that go, "Hey, how you doing? We're here to talk about mainly your album." But then, yeah, there's Mitch with yeah. his face paint. Dude, you know, I've, uh, face I, paint. I've had to run off of scripts before on television and radio. This is way more fun. Right. Yeah, we, we said right from the start when we put this thing together that it was going to be very free-form conversation because we wanted to get guys like you in yeah. and just let you tell your stories, you know, whatever it was. Just let you talk about it without feeling like, well, we're going to be up against the bumper here in 14 minutes, and then we got to get a two-minute and 20-second commercial mm-hmm. in and blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do that. Right. Like we gotta feed the feed the beast and have a commercial break somewhere in there. Right. But uh, for the most part, we just want it to be casual conversation. What could be better than drinking Coors Light, Jack Daniels, and talk about hunting and country music? I can't think anything. <laughs> so tell uh, us about this one, Mitch. What? When was this guy? That's a big nice. deer. That was a good. It was a good one. It was wide. Um, it was three three and a half year old, and it was a good. It was a good buck. I patterned. Um, it's a nice eight. He's not. He's not super big, uh, as far as inches wise go. He's a nice spread on him. I think he was. Uh, he was twenty or nineteen and a half or something like that. Big body on um, him though. Across, I think. I think so. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota up by, up by Park Rapids on our, on our property and. You have property up in Park Rapids. My my my, my mom and dad do. Yeah. Nice. Um, we have one hundred thirty acres up there. We bought when I was. Uh, when I was like 13 or no, I was 10 years old, I think. So must be rough. 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I was just having a flashback. It's, the it's very first, I don't know where that horn, set of horns is. It's maybe in here somewhere. First buck I ever killed was out of Park Rapids. No kidding. Long Lake. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, yep. I couldn't begin to tell you the whole story about it, but I can't tell you how excited I was. That's the main thing. First buck I ever killed. It's the main thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that buck, a, um, was, we went up, um, opener, I think, or the week after opener, it was me and my cousin and my dad that had been hunting there since I was a kid. Um, which I got a funny story of my cousin, a real short story later, but, uh, yeah, I saw this buck cross. Um, I was sitting kind of in an observation stand over the big, um, big swamp that goes through the main part of our land. And I saw him cross, um, this, this trail and I've got pictures of him over that way. I thought, okay, I know exactly where he's going, and uh, it's only a matter of time because he would go to the first little food plot, then he would go to my second food plot. Well, September 30th, um, and uh, we went out, me and my my wife at the time, um, well, we were dating at the time. Yeah, we were dating at the time. Yep. Um, and, you better get this right. Yeah, no, 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 it's all good. No, <laughs> she ain't going to watch this. This is boring. She likes murder podcasts, not this stuff. Um, yeah. We're talking about murder. Now. I don't like murder. Like, she watches like, all these horror movies. I'm like, no, like, I walk in the dark at, or in the woods at dark. I don't want to watch any of this stuff. Play, yeah. Please turn it off. Hey, my wife's the same way. I get it. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Um, she probably thinks I'm weird, too. So it's all good. Um, but no, so uh, we were having breakfast that morning, and uh, I was like, I looked at the forecast and it was like 95 degrees and humidity and, mm. and where we we're at. And I was like, it's September, like it's 90, what the heck, you know? And I kept watching it that morning and it was like 1030 and up there it was dropping humidity and it was going to be 60 degrees by three o'clock. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm going to go to the cabin. She's like, what now? I was like, yeah, I'm going to hunt tonight up there. It's going to be awesome. 
I, I, a cold front like, coming it's, in. It's a cold front, and so I get up there, and it starts to rain. And I'm like, oh, man, like this is a bust. Yeah. So it rained for like, I don't know, 20 minutes, and it stopped. And it was like 62 degrees. And I was like, oh, wow. wow, this is crazy. And back home, it was still 90 degrees. And back home, Maple Lake? Maple Lake, so three so you hours. you all the way up to Park Rapids? Yeah, for one night. <laughs> so she, I was like, all right. So I took off, and I uh, actually – Bought a diamond ring on my way up there. Yes, and then sir. <laughs> I got in the stand, and, and uh, sure as heck, uh, some does and fawns come out in the food plot, and this guy stepped out, and I knew he was what Bucky was, and just kept ranging him. Uh, he's like, you know, 49, 48, 47. That's this buck here. Yep, and it was uh, all of a sudden I saw 43, and I thought, well, it's lights dimbling. Here we go, you know. So I dialed my sight to 43 and smoked him, and thought, man, all right. I got to track this thing by myself and I would go, I love going to our family cabin by myself. It's like, I love going with my friends and family, but man, by myself is like, cause when you're a musician, you don't get to go with your buddies on the weekends. So Sunday, Monday is when I go up there all the time. And I was like, all right, so I, I have a couple of buddies up there that are awesome elk hunters and you guys should have these guys on because they're awesome people and they've killed do it yourself elk hunting in Idaho, Montana. Awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll do that. He's a. I called Ryan up. I'm like, Ryan, uh, I just smoked a nice buck. Um, I found a little blood, but can you come over and help me? He came over about 45 minutes later. and uh, Blood trailing's not easy. It's not, and I don't think it's something where you go do it by yourself if you have somebody else with you or right. somebody that is able to help. Yeah, um, And this kid can find blood like no other, and I don't know how it is, but he's good at it. Um, so we get out of the food plot into the brush where he went in and the trail kind of wise off a little bit. And I'm like, all right, man, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, do you think he went right or left? And he's like, mm, uh, mm. he's like, he went right. Look at this broken twig. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like he sees the twig broken. Yeah. So as soon as it's sure as heck, you know, he walks a couple more feet. He's like, yep, there's some more blood. There's some, and this and that. And it only went probably, I think he only went 45 or 50 yards. Um, and he was piled up and he let me see it first. Of course, you know, he's like, he could see it, you know, I'm like, there he is. He's like, yeah, man, you know, there it is, you know, <laughs> freaking hugged him. And, um, it was awesome. It was, it was cool. Like I said, it wasn't a massive, massive deer, but it doesn't have to be a massive deer to, to no. share that memory, um, and the story behind it. So yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome experience and, uh, uh, it was hot, like you say, and, um, but it cooled down that night and I bought a little, uh, a little S10 pickup, um, that fall, uh, to use as my runner and, just to keep miles off my nice truck and uh, had my deer in there and my stuff. And I called my boss the next day that I was working for. I said, hey, I'm going to be late a little bit. I'm going to leave in the morning, but i got to get this deer home. Yeah, man, no problem. So That's nice. It was nice awesome. Boss. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was an awesome experience. And um, I, I just the experience of the whole thing is is what you're in for. You so know, what, uh, what happened with the diamond ring? With the diamond ring? Well, um think it was the next weekend we ended up back up north uh hunting and my dad actually shot a nice buck um that night long, long story short for that same food plot same area and uh i get to his stand or whatever and uh he opens the door and climbs down get this bow for me you know that's the yeah. deal, and like nothing happened and all of a sudden he gets on i got into a nice one i'm like wouldn't that be the first thing you told me? And besides, Holt <laughs> grab my bow, you know. So yeah, the next following weekend, we were supposed to go on this trail ride down in, um, oh man, where was it, Lesueur or Lesueur, Minnesota? And uh, yeah, 
yeah, it was really, really shitty weather, and uh, they called off the trail ride, and my buddy called me uh, the day before we were supposed to leave, so Friday, and uh, he goes, um, hey, should we take the horses out tonight, and how about you uh, do, it, do it tonight instead of tomorrow? I was like, in two hours? He's like, yeah. No pressure. No pressure, so I went, <laughs> went and did it, so it was good. Good for you, we man. We got married uh, uh, October 10th of 2020 in the crazy year of 2020. Yeah, you did. It was great. We had yeah. it at our house, uh, and we had it at Clearwater Rodeo Grounds for the reception. Everybody had a good time and hangovers the next morning. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think boys, we got to bring this thing in for a landing. Ah. And uh, so before we let you get out of here, Mitch, yeah, tell folks where they can find you. I mean, obviously, Racks and Reels. Yeah, Racks and Reels is, 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 is uh, my podcast. As far as that goes, if you want to hear some outdoor information from a bunch of rookies, um, if you want to hear a bunch of rookie music, uh, <laughs> you can go to uh, Mitch Gordon Music on Instagram, Mitch Gordon Band on Facebook, and MitchGordonBand.com. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play in your shop. I'll play in your backyard. I'll play at your big country music festival wherever you want me to play. I'll play some country music for you. So I appreciate you guys thinking of me and thinking I'm cool enough to be on the show. So Yeah, <laughs> it's our honor to have you in, my man. Awesome, and, man. Mitch, and, you know, uh, if the stars align just right, Maybe someday in the future we'll see you on the stage. Yeah, at the Wee Fest. Yeah, yeah, I was absolutely. Just gonna say that. Absolutely. And you're you'll forever be a part of the show because your voice yeah, will always be on great. the intro this and the a, outro. It's a really cool thing. Like I said right away. I mean, I saw Ryan's episode. I saw the scenery, and I kind of knew what I was expecting after that. And at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of friends talking about music and and uh, and hunting. And out of all the talk shows, I, I drive a lot. Um, for my living and out of all the shows and stuff that I listen to, the best ones are the ones that just people talking. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for joining us uh, this week, folks, for boots and back straps. Who have we got coming on? Uh, let's talk about a couple. We got, we got my godson coming on, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, we got a, we have quite a lineup. We have a lot. We're of booked them. out like six weeks right now. And so we've got quite a few that are coming in, but, uh, um, the next, actual aired podcast i guess i'd have to look up there again but i think we're going to be talking about we fest origin story oh yeah and talking about we fest and how it got started and uh you know what happened with all you guys back then and how it grew into the monster that we know now yeah i think it would be cool be, to get that'd to that. be a fun uh fun podcast we have uh we'll get lynn kitty in here and she could talk about all the chaos of the stage <laughs> that'll be fun there's a lot of great we fest stories 35 years of our lives my goodness it was uh a big deal. Don't forget to send an email to uh, boots and backstraps podcast at gmail.com. If you've got questions about the show um, and we're even going to be maybe featuring some questions from contributors down the road as we get those in. But we also want to start kind of a new thing this uh, coming up here. What we'll do is we'll go through some of those questions and maybe pick out a lucky con- fan to come and sit in studio for an airing for a, an episode yeah, airing. Be fun. Um, so if you're interested in that, def- definitely send us an email. Again, bootsandbackstraps at gmail.com. Well, folks, I guess we're going to wrap it up. I'd like to leave you with uh, a thought. You know, whether you're belting out your favorite country song or pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. We'll see you next week. Come on now. Honey's on looking for backstraps way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. 
head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.